The Real Estate Sessions is sponsored by AdWorks. AdWorks makes digital advertising brilliantly simple. Choose your zip code and build your brand. Enter an address and promote your listings. Or upload your list and stay top of mind with your sphere of influence. And if you go to adworks.com slash billrisser, you'll do more than just build brand awareness or nurture your network. Right now, you get to save 15% off your purchase, and I get to send 10% to the Colon Cancer Alliance, an organization that means a great deal to me. That's adworks.com slash billrisser. Call your sphere. You know people, whether it be in real estate or whatever job you came out of, you know people doing something. You have, if you have children, you know friends that you raised your children together, or if you had a profession of, a lot of my team members came out of different fields, medical fields, corporate world, engineering, you know, just every kind of field. And you obviously have all those people that already love and trust you. Welcome to the Real Estate Sessions, where industry leaders share their stories and offer tips and advice to real estate professionals. Now your host, Bill Rissa of Fidelity National Title in Tampa, Florida. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 112 of the Real Estate Sessions podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for telling a friend. It's how we continue to grow. And as I always say, if you've got time, head on over to iTunes, leave a review or, or, write a, a, or leave a rating or a review. They always help and uh, it helps us grow. I'm really excited uh, for episode 112 to stay in Florida. I know that a lot of my podcasts kind of tend to get national, but now that I've been here for nine months or so, I'm meeting more and more people and I'm excited to have Heather Whiteman. Heather Whiteman is the founder of the Treasure My Home team. It's at Keller Williams Elite in Bonita Springs, Florida. And if you don't know where Bonita Springs is, we're going to ask Heather about that part of the state. But it's southwest Florida, kind of down by Naples. And I've had the opportunity to travel down there much more with my company as we help our operations down there. And, and Heather is somebody we've had a chance to chat with a few times, and I can't wait to get her story. Heather, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Bill, for having me. It's a pleasure. It's always fun to talk to you because you, you know so much about the area down there. Uh, and also, you I can tell just by talking to you that you've really done a lot with your team. And we're going to get to that. But before we, before we start there, I've got to ask you, I think you're actually a Florida native. Is that right? I am. I'm a native of the fourth generation. Wow. You don't actually know. I know. And you don't meet too many of us that have never lived very far north. And I've never lived north of Tampa. So I am. I was raised here in Naples. Uh, my family moved here in 1977. Before that, we lived in Key West, and before that, we. I was born in Lakeland, home of Publix. Which, if you've been to Florida, you can't go anywhere without seeing at least 10 to 15 Publixes in your route. So uh, that's where I was born. Is in the middle of the of the state. So uh, Cal Country. But now I'm on the coast, and I love it. So yes, I love Naples. I love Florida. I've driven to the east coast of Florida, my wife and I, to tr- explore the state. And you're right. You go through farmland and then you get back to the beach. <laughs> so it's, I don't think people understand. Yes, yes. It's, no, in fact, I think we're actually one of the biggest agriculture states in the country. But people don't realize that because of the beautiful beaches and everything else that we offer. Right. And that, that kind of leads to my next question. T- tell me. For you, being a native, which I, I grew up in San Diego, so for 40 years I was a native San Diegan. It was kind of like being a native Floridian. You didn't see very many of us. Yes. Yeah. But, no. But, but tell me the biggest misconception people have about Florida. 
Well, they think Florida is Disney World. You know, they they think that we live with Mickey Mouse and in a fairy tale and play all day. And, you know, it's a small world plays in the background. And, you know, there is so much more to Florida than Disney. We're very thankful to Disney for putting us on the map originally. However, there's so much more to our lifestyle down here. And uh, but when you say Florida as a whole, obviously, everyone goes to the Mickey Mouse side of things. And we're, we're so much more, we offer so much more than just that. We've got industry coming in. The governor has done amazing things to bring amazing companies into the state. So economically, we're growing strong and we do offer a lot of businesses an opportunity to start here or, or relocate here. And so really, we've got such a diverse offering for so many types of people, all ages. And people also think it's, you know, senior Ville, whereas we just have so many families and people that go to college here and just never leave because obviously it's like San Diego. It's gorgeous all the time. So why would you ever want to leave if you had the option? Right. The uh, the the heaven's waiting room moniker is is quickly being kind of pushed aside, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Even our high end communities are, you know, some of them the base, you know, the average age is like fifty one, fifty two. So even, you know, communities that you would think only the very, very, you know, senior type people with lots of money can afford, we're seeing now the ages coming down every single year. So it is getting younger all the time. And, and lots of families just love being here. Looking through your biography, I see that you attended USF. And for those that aren't aware of it, uh, there are more than just the three big teams in Florida. It's not just the Seminoles, the Gators and the Canes. But boy, the Bulls at USF, they're on a they're having kind of a magical season. Their, their quarterback, Quentin Flowers, is They are. So I'm hoping you're a fan. Go Bulls. Good. Go Good. Bulls. Yes, I am a fan. They're 6-0. and oh. My husband and I met at USF, so we have obviously nostalgia there. We love it. They did not have a football team when we were there. And now we're so happy that we get to follow somebody besides, you know, UF and, and Seminoles. And we, we didn't want to have to choose between either one of those, obviously. So we're glad USF has a team to root for. We do love all of our Florida teams, but we are definitely Bulls fans and we love going and, and seeing them play at Raymond James Stadium where the Bucks play. We're huge Buck fans, even though I know that's not such a great thing most most years. Right. We are loyal to the core Bucks fans as well. And also Ray fans. So we we love all those Tampa teams. So we've we've always um loved those Tampa teams. So yes, absolutely. We love USF. It's a great college. Uh, it offers so much for people. Uh, I don't know all the degrees right now that they offer, but I know it is a very, very good thriving school and offer lots and lots of professions coming out of there. Speaking of professions, you attended USF. I think you got your degree at Hodges University down south, down in Naples. Is that right? I, I did. Yes. I started at USF and then relocated back to Naples and thought the big city was not quite you know, the perfect place for me to live. It was fun and big and exciting. However, I love Naples. And so I came back and finished my degree at Hodges University, which is a Naples college. Uh, international college is, is what it was when I was there. But Hodges University, is, is, it's growing as well. It's got several campuses here locally. And while I was in college, uh, up in Tampa, I actually was a bank teller. And when I got back down to Naples, uh, I got a job for a developer in Pelican Bay, which Pelican Bay is a very high, high-end community in Naples, but it was just starting then. That was back in the 80s, and it was brand new, and I was able to work for a developer 
in a trailer in front of the high rises being constructed and got to see it from the construction side of things and just the makings of these huge high rise towers that they build and got to see the builders and come in and interview for the job. And it was just amazing to watch that whole thing transpire. It just, it, it really opened my eyes. I mean, as a young college student, you know, young adult to see that huge, huge, uh, whole development take place and be now it's on the map. Everyone knows Pelican Bay and Naples is just a, a destination to go to. And to, I mean, their, their golf course has a waiting list and everything else. So there's where I really, you know, got my eyes open to real estate. I just, you know, literally had a very entry-level job there, but decided as soon as I got my degree, I was going to get into real estate because it was so exciting to watch. So that, you know, when I, when I was able to move to the sales side in a secretarial position, I was able to sit and watch the salespeople basically paint the picture on blueprints, you know, show them blueprints, sit at a coffee table, people would buy, put their money down, and then come back two years later to a high rise in the sky that they had basically committed to buying and to sell the dream and to see the people get excited about the dream and buy. It was just, it was amazing. I, I really it lit the fire in me and I thought I could do this and I absolutely, you know, wanted to do that. So as soon as I got my degree, I got my license the next week, took off a week of, of vacation time and got my license and I uh, got my license to sell real estate. So uh, I did not go right into that particular development because it was so high end. And I, of course, being green uh, was not applicable for that. But I did go to another development and sell off of, again, plans, rode them around in a dirt road and a golf cart and showed them what, where their house would be and sold the dream. And that's where, that's where I got sparked. That's where I got started. And I never looked back. It was amazing. So going from that, from a new development, which is much different than selling, you know, kind of resale residential, what was, how did you, you know, make that transition? Well, the market made it for me. Okay. <laughs> I rode that train a long, long time uh, selling for new developers. And we sold out lots of developments in Naples, Bonita, uh, Fort Myers Beach. I was selling towers. I did end my on-site career right where I started. I, I uh, went to Fort Myers Beach and sold high rises in the sky on the water, just like I started in Pelican Bay and did that. And then the market I'm sure anyone that's been around a little while re remembers when the market crashed for all of us. And so we were listening to crickets for a while. No one was buying anything anywhere after the 0506 height. And then 07 came and the light switch got turned off on all of us. So uh, I sat there for about another year and decided I can't do this anymore. So I went into general in 08 and changed markets, changed everything basically, and went into general real estate and had to find my way. And um, thank goodness I had a huge sphere from all those years of being on site that I could draw on for people that I had already sold real estate to that had faith in me, that trusted me, so I could rely on those folks and their, you know, and their referrals basically to get me launched into general real estate. And then uh, that was enough to get me going. And I just, I'm very committed to my customers and finding them the right thing and 
wherever that thing was back then when it crashed and we were doing a lot of short sales, we were doing a lot of bank owned REOs. So it was a totally different market, but it was exciting because there was lots of choices out there. People were getting great deals. And obviously you had to work a lot harder. It was a lot more quantity versus quality, but it, it put food on the table. It kept me in my, in my, you know, field. And I was very thankful for the customers that I had that knew that I could do a good job no matter what the price point was. Right. So that really launched me into my next endeavor, which was general real estate. So that was back in 08. And that's when the Treasure My Home team started. Right. This, this really points out the importance of you keeping a database and keeping it current. Um, you couldn't have done what you did without that, right? Absolutely not. There's no question. If I did not have somebody to call, I would have been like every other basically agent out there that starts from square zero and doesn't know who to call. So I always tell my people on the team, call your sphere. You know people, whether it be in real estate or whatever job you came out of, you know people doing something. You have, If you have children, you know friends that you raised your children together, or if you had a profession of a lot of my team members came out of different fields, medical field, corporate world, engineering, you know, just every kind of field. And you obviously have all those people that already love and trust you. So right. I'm constantly telling the team to call your sphere because they're the people that already love you and trust you. So you, you really were a team builder really early in, your, in that general real estate career. Um, tell me, for the listeners, give me a couple do's and don'ts when you're putting a team together. Sure. Well, they have to, the team members really have to have the same culture, the same goals, the same vision. Otherwise you can't, you know, stick a square peg in a round hole. It, it just is not going to work if you're not going to mesh. If you don't have the same ideals, um, really the foundation is the, is the main thing. I mean, obviously people can be very successful, very different ways and have different ways of getting there. And, but if you if you don't have the same algorithm as a whole, you know, if your culture is not on task with somebody else's, it's not going to work. You're just, it's going to be oil and water. So, um, you know, obviously you can take a map, Google map even gives you three different ways to get to the same destination. And that's okay. As long as you guys know the goal and we all are on the, have the same level of, um, you know, character with each other. We're on, you know, we're on par with each other. And that doesn't mean that it's right or it's wrong. It just, when you're building a team, it needs to at least mesh. Right. So, and we see that all the time with all kinds of things, with children that play, with people that get married. You know, it doesn't mean that one way is better or not better. It just, you have to agree. So that's the main goal with a team is to make sure that you, everyone has the same culture, the same ideals. And then from there that you have a respect for each other. Obviously we all are different and that's what makes us great because we can service all different kinds of clients. So we don't want to all be the same because then we're going to, you know, again, pigeon or, pigeonhole ourselves into serving only one kind of client. So we love the diversity. We love having people from everywhere that have done everything. And, you know, even the ones that speak different languages, it's, it's an asset. We look at it, you know, it's, it, we can service those people and yet still get the same goal accomplished. You mentioned service and I, you know, I've had the opportunity to sit with your team a few different times and really kind of see that dynamic in action. And, and you've all, you know, you've heavily embraced technology. I mean, you, you are all in on online lead generation, you invest in your, your, your team that way. Yet 
you know, there's this, you know, extreme focus on service and relationships. And so for, for me, it seems like sometimes that can get out of whack. How do you keep that in balance? Well, it's, it is always a challenge. I mean, obviously technology can certainly, you know, take up a lot of your time, especially if you're learning something new and it is fun and you have to stay on the cutting edge. I mean, obviously the millennials are running, running the numbers right now, as far as population goes. So, you know, if you don't stay on top of technology, you don't stay in the way to actually communicate with the millennials, we're going to be left behind. So we have to stay on top of the trends and what people are doing to buy real estate and sell real estate. Yet it's all about the people. We, we, can have all the greatest technology in the world, but if we don't take care of our customers, then it doesn't matter. So, you know, the people are always first and foremost, and we can hire to our weaknesses. If, if we're lacking in some capacity, we try to hire to that. You know, I really look at the ant society. I mean, I remember my kids watching, I think it was ant bully when I was, when they were little and about just how an ant society puts themselves together and how, you know, one per they, we're all here to do our highest and best. So if we love technology, obviously it makes us work faster and leaner and, you know, more on, you know, we can touch a lot of people and save a lot of time, hopefully once we've learned it, but we really, you know, need to do our highest and best, which is take care of our clients first. And that, again, that goes back to the sphere where people can like and trust you and refer you in the future. I mean, we don't look at it as a one-stop shop, you know, turn them and burn them type of customer service. It's all about the people because we need those people for future transactions. I mean, those are our best served ways to service our client is to help them first. Let's talk a little bit about joining Keller Williams Elite. Um, I know that you, you've joined them in the last few years. And it seems to me, if looking at Keller Williams nationwide, that a lot of successful teams are within their ranks. Am I right on that assessment? Yes, yes. Keller Williams is the largest company in the world. I think we've got close to 154,000 agents. Last time something was put in print worldwide with 800 market centers. And they really are a training company. They, they train you to do run a business, run your, run your business like a business, not just being a real estate agent. And I think teams are drawn to that because the systems are in place. And that's the reason I joined. I was with all kinds of different companies that never taught me how to really have a business. They just taught me how to be a realtor. They taught me how to sell real estate, but not really to run my business like a company. And they have the training there and people are drawn to that culture again and training. And uh, they want us to have a life by design. So it's very important. Um, that's, that's their culture. And so I think teams are drawn to that because they don't have to spend the time training themselves necessarily. They can send the agents to class that get the training for them and they can plug into all their tools in the toolbox. We have just a bazillion tools to choose from and we don't have to do it, you know, single-handedly. I know that on a national level there, they're always trying to connect successful people with successful people within the company. So you're learning from kind of the, the best in the business, right? Absolutely. In fact, we're going to a seminar on Monday and it's going to have a gentleman that's supposed to close 3000 units of business this year. So they definitely train uh, highest and best of, of the field and let us hear from them. It's, it's a win-win for everybody. We want everyone to succeed. It's a very non-greedy way of running a business. They do a ton of profit share. They give back so many millions of dollars every single year 
back to their agents, back to the community. And, and no other business that I've ever run across does that. And it's just incredible how they, they do teach you, you know, truly how to, how to have a business that you can even pass on generation to generation. Their profit share actually is willable to your next generation. So it's, you know, teams are drawn to it. And again, it's about the training and the fact that you don't have to do it by yourself. I have a Florida native on, on the podcast and I have to <laughs> ask you, let's talk about how beautiful it is in Lee County and Collier County. I mean, I've had the chance to visit Estero, uh, stay at a beachside condo in Bonita Springs, uh, haven't even talked about Sanibel and Captiva and the rest of the barrier islands down south. Talk about the appeal of this area and and all the different kind of things that are going on down there in that one little stretch of the coast of Florida. Well, it, it is such a special place and it is certainly a a playland of the wealthy, but the normal people can live here too. And so it does give an offering that, and that's what's so nice about it is because the beaches are so beautiful. The dining is so wonderful. The culture is available to you with the arts and the philanthropic giving. Oh my gosh, the wine, the winter wine festival draws people from all over the world with, it's just amazing to fathom the amount of money that gets raised in a week's time to give back to the children's organizations here locally. But it's just, you know, we're very, very protected piece of property where, you know, obviously we're coming out of Hurricane Irma. So it's not, it's not, I can't say it anymore. But before that, it had been 57 years um, before a direct hit from a hurricane had happened. So we were, you know, we were very, very blessed until just a, a few weeks ago. But it's, it's green, it's lush, it's clean. It just, I mean, people don't even drive around with dirty cars around here. It's just, it's so funny how, you know, everything is just, it is clean and well-kept and, and people relocate here, but yet they're, they're entrenched and they're entrenched in their giving. They're entrenched in their charitable work. They're entrenched in, and really just loving their community. And they're so proud of it. And so they take care of it and they invest in it and they, they are, you know, and they're involved, you know, you have retired CEOs from every, everywhere. I mean, Best Buy and um, Hertz and just incredible companies, incredible brain trust. And they give back to their own communities to make the communities the best they can be. So you're, you know, you're going into these communities that are truly run like a corporation. So they look good. They're financially sound. Their wonderful golf courses. And then, of course, our beaches are gorgeous. Our boating is gorgeous. The fishing is amazing. Um, you know, so it's just, and it's also on the West Coast. So it's, it's a calmer place. And uh, it's not such so busy like the East Coast. The East Coast is fun and lively and dynamic, where the West Coast is more, a, just, you know, more laid back feel. It's, it's more casual, even though it's elegant. It's very casual. So it's a, you know, not such a rushed pace and not such a, it's, it's not such a dynamic sort of feel to it. And people can decompress, you know, when they come, they're just happy. I mean, even if it's, you know, in winter and there's a two hour wait at the restaurant, people are at the bar and they're having fun and they're laughing and they're enjoying each other's time. And it's just, they're, they're happy to be here and everyone's from somewhere else. So they're, glad to meet other people. You know, it, it's not a, it's not a click society because people come from all over. And so they're happy to meet new people because they realize 
They don't know, you know, it's not their friends that they had for 30 years from wherever they're from. So they're very friendly. So I think a lot of people are drawn because of that as well. I grew up in Southern California. The West Coast is definitely more my speed than the East Coast, right? And, And I'm sure that people feel that way based on where they're from. Does that make sense? Of course, absolutely. It's just what they used to. What, yeah, absolutely. Their comfort zone of what the, what speed they like to go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Heather, I've had you here the half hour that I I asked of you, and, and you're so kind to do this in a in a, in a very short <laughs> matter of time. But I, I want to ask you um, the same question I've asked every guest on the podcast, and that is, if you could give one piece of advice to an agent just getting started in the business, what would it be? To contact your sphere. I mean, again, people love and trust you already. Reach out to your sphere first and ask them for the business. I mean, you have to start somewhere and don't be afraid to try new things. Don't be afraid because you have fear or faith. You can't have both. And, you know, it's, you're in this business for a new endeavor and it can be amazing if you allow yourself to try new things and do new things and, get out there. You know, you cannot be afraid of the phone. You can't be afraid of meeting people. This is a people business. And as long as you come from a, uh, from contribution, from a contributing heart, people are going to, you know, they're going to feel that right away. It's not about the paycheck. You can't look at somebody about a paycheck. It's, it's about helping them get what they need and you're going to get it back. It's Zig Ziglar said, if you help enough people get what they want, you're going to have everything you want. And I truly believe that. I've seen it. Heather, if somebody wants to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? You can go to, thank you so much for that. You can go to my uh, website at treasuremyhome.com or you can reach me at heather at treasuremyhome.com. And I would love to hear from you and be a service however I can. And thank you so much for having me on your show, Bill. It's been amazing. And you do so much for the community. And I thank you for all your training. You're incredible. uh, You're way too kind. (laughs) I appreciate that. And and really, Heather, thank you so much. It was was great to have you on here. And like I said, I've got to get more of this Florida influence going on the podcast. And this is a wonderful way to, to kickstart that. So thank you for your time. My pleasure. Thank you so much. 